Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. Draft is in the books. Mel's handed out his grades. Todd's handed out his best picks. I'm going to hand out your official off-season gifts. For Todd, some Titleist Pro V1s. Ooh. Get them started. Oh, I, that. I will accept. Glad For Mel, thank you, sir. <laughs> A Milky Way. Oh, thank you. That's for the ride home. Thank the, you. Uh, the book Man, value is, fresh? Go, uh, is about 15 to 1 ago, on Todd. But I was going to say, right. these things are getting expensive. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Definitely won that one. Every time you hit one of those into <laughs> like a can- when you hit one of those into a canyon, you're like, that's five bucks. Yeah. Right. Just light yeah. one on fire. Guys, the draft uh, has come and gone. We've survived. I actually, you know, we've done grades. You've done a million shows already to talk best picks, worst picks, reaches. Surprises, all that. I kind of just want to get get started on August right now and just talk about guys that you think are going to actually have an impact. I mean, one thing we know every year is that who is the best rookie? It, it never looks exactly like it's not one through twenty. These are the most likely guys. It's all about fit. It's all about where you land. I mean, ideally, the number two pick in this draft doesn't play any football next year. Ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Mitchell Trubisky because they have Glennon. So I kind of want to talk about just going through the first round, maybe start on some offensive players that can do well, defensive players, and then we can, you know, toward the end of the pod, hit a little bit, hit a few of the sleepers. Mel, get me started right now. I'll start you off. Running back who has the bigger impact early. Number four, Jacksonville Leonard Fournette, or number eight, Carolina Christian McCaffrey. Who's going to get the run? Well, I think McCaffrey has a chance to have a more impact because he can do more. And I think mm-hmm. when you look at the offensive line for Jacksonville, that's still a big issue with Fournette. I mean, T.J. Yeldon's a decent running back, and he had a good rookie year, mm-hmm. and he did nothing his second year because their offensive line was so poor, poor, and they didn't get anything out of Bortles in the passing game. So you know, will Fournette get any benefit from a quarterback that can actually get it done? If he can't, he's going nowhere. The same thing for the offensive line. So I would shade McCaffrey just because of the versatility. You know you're going to get him in the passing game. If he doesn't mm-hmm. run because the offensive line hadn't opened up the holes, and they know how to do that, that's what Carolina's been all about for a long time. Then you got the punt return game, kick return game, slot, wide receiver, running back. You have so many ways he can beat you and put up numbers and put up production that I would go with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I would probably tend to agree. The only thing I would say is I think we're seeing a philosophy shift with Jacksonville, and I think that shift will will benefit the, Leonard, the Leonard Fournette. There. Yeah, yeah, Coughlin is clearly – I mean, and it makes sense. This is what they should do. They should – they should become a team that highlights their strength, and their strength is their young defense, which played really well down the stretch last year. And And I think in a perfect world, Leonard Fournette becomes a 20-plus carry back for them and slows down the game and takes some of the, the emphasis and onus off of the quarterback position in Bortles, which in turn should cut down on the uh, on the turnovers and mistakes and, and potential for those things. So I, I think he is going to be a big focus for this Jacksonville Jaguars team, how much of an impact he has certainly will, will come down to what some of the moves they've made, including Cam Robinson in the second round, uh, to try to upgrade their offensive line from last year, which I agree was, was terrible. All right, Mel. Mel's gold sheet, over, under, on yards for Leonard Fournette. 
Spouse Gold Sheets got it at eight seventy eight. I was going to say around eight hundred, yeah. somewhere in that range. Because the other thing, Todd, is you said he could work toward being that twenty carry back. The, what they don't want to do is give him twenty five right away, right. have him get a flat tire, you know, and then yeah, suddenly I mean, you're thinking in a sixteen game schedule, that's not a lot. I would probably yeah. say over. Really, yeah, give me eight fifty. I'd probably say over because he's going to get the ball a lot. I mean, he's a twenty five carry game guy, and they got yelled, and then they got the offensive line. Hopefully, gets better. Mm-hmm. But um, if they don't, the key to this whole football team is Bortles. If he's as bad as he was late last year, they got no chance. Yeah, they got no chance. All right, we thought for sure three receivers would be taken in the top twenty. What we got was three receivers taken in the top nine. Mm-hmm. You had Corey Davis at five to Tennessee, Mike Williams at seven to the Chargers. And then I think a bit of the surprise, given just because of the, some of the health history, was John Ross at number mm-hmm. nine to Cincinnati. Which one of these guys are you? If you just had to pick one, Mel, who, who's going to make the best early impact? I would say because of the fact that you have a quarterback that you know is going to be able to throw strikes, and mm-hmm. the offensive line should be better because of two rookies, Lamp and Feeney. I would think Mike Williams is going to have a chance to get a lot of targets, have a lot of opportunities where the quarterback can put the ball anywhere he wants in Phillip Rivers. Uh, he wants to obviously bounce back, and if he gets some time to throw, which he didn't have last year, I think he can do some things there. Uh, Mariota with, with Davis, fine. And Ross, okay, if he can stay healthy. But I think Williams is in a good spot with the L.A. Chargers. I agree. Now, are they, you know, they had Keenan Allen and Stevie Johnson suffered year-ending knee injuries last year. So what are they going to get this year? Um, especially from um, from Keenan Allen, what are they going to get from Keenan Allen? Is he going to be the focus? And can he? And I assume if he's back and he's healthy and 100, percent he will be. But can he stay on the field? So that you know, I'll, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. I think Juju Smith Schuster, who was drafted in the <laughs> That's second three round, guys, not 16. Right, well, this is, I'm, <laughs> you went way off. I'm the creating. Here. I'm creating more well, difficulty well, that, for myself. You broke the rules. See, okay, shut now up, Kuyper. You, you broke say the rules. Yes, you question. You answer the questions. Ju- I'm making it a, be- a better answer than the. Qu- oh, oh, I, I like the questions. He's giving bro. added value. Jeez. Juju Smith Schuster could yeah. wind up having the most catches of all the rookie receivers as. Ben Roethlisberger's right. wide receiver in Pittsburgh. Is that because Sammy, Sammy Coates was so unreliable? You know, Antonio Brown's going to get his, but they're just going to throw the ball around so much. Right, and he's the sixty-second pick of this draft. Jeez. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll I, would, right, I would go. With, I would go with Williams as well. But if you were trying to find something else, uh, you outside the box the, for a minute here. The interesting yeah, get thing: get down A, B, C, and D, and he picks uh, Z. The interesting <laughs> thing about I think about Mike Williams is Philip Rivers threw a lot of picks last year. And he didn't have Antonio Gates is sliding a little bit as he finally. Hunter Henry's should. there. Hunter Henry started to come on. Didn't Phil Rivers lead the league in interceptions? Is it yeah? The last two years or two of, of the last three years? Times he got and hit I'll tell you year. what, Vincent. No, I know. I'm not. Vincent Jackson not being there. I felt like he was kind of a security blanket. Yep. If he's covered, you can still throw to him, and it's either an incompletion or, or a catch. I think Mike Williams. Mike Williams is basically that guy mm-hmm. for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the national championship, if he's covered. Or he's or he's bracketed. He's still throwing the I, ball. I love what Tennessee did, though. It wasn't just Williams. Yeah. It was adding Taewon Taylor. I, I thought was underrated, and and they took him at or maybe a little bit past what his value was. Mm-hmm. And, and then Jonu Smith, who I think can contribute as a pass catching tight end as well. And then I'll say this for Ross: if John Ross stays healthy, he can have a major impact, and he needs to have probably a half to two thirds the catches as. He, compared to the other guys, in order to have that impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's two big plays a game, and to to keep the defense from rolling coverages so 
you know, so frequently um, to to green side. I think that I think he could ha- wind up having a big impact there. But durability is going to be a big thing for him. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me. I know he always gets compared to Deshaun Jackson just mm-hmm. because of the body type and the speed, but you know, he also should be compared to Deshaun Jackson based on what you just said, which is. AJ Green's on one side, or you put him on both the same side. What do you, what do you do if you're a safety? I mean, he just he changes, and and you know they've been comfortable throwing to AJ Green when he's completely covered anyway. Right. So he, you know, in terms of the decoy effect, yeah, I mean that could be an interesting one. Let's look at the, some of the defenders in the first round. Obviously, Miles Garrett off the top is going to be the guy where, you know, probably unfairly at the end of the season he's going to be judged a little bit by sack totals. And who knows, they might move them around a little bit. I mean, you could see them in situations where they have, you know, I guess three pass rushers out there at the same time, given the personnel they have. But at least based on that somewhat unfair metric, which of these which of these guys, whether it's Garrett, whether it's Solomon Thomas, whether it's a Hassan Reddick, who do you think is going to be the impact defender, the guy that we're thinking, maybe like a Bosa last year, and that's a pretty high standard. It just comes in and seems ready to go right away, ready to make an impact, Mel. You know, I really think when you look at the first-rounders, I think uh, when you look at that group, you obviously Garrett. Charles Harris could be thrown Charles in, Harris too. Could be. I mean, certainly he will be with Miami. He has mm-hmm. to do something. But I think Jonathan Allen goes to a great spot in Washington mm-hmm. because they need a defensive lineman. They lost so many, and they were shocked to see him there on the board. He's great effort, high intensity. The shoulder issue well, should not be a factor at least for the first five, six, seven, eight years of his career. Hopefully at any point in his career he never has any problems because he's a great kid with a lot of ability inside. Um, I think he could have certainly, and we're leaving Garrett out because Garrett should have a big impact in Cleveland, anything less than. Let me give you a sack total on Garrett, Todd. Chris, eight and a half. Go over or under for rookie. Mm, I'll go under. I mean, what did what did Bosa wind up with last year? Ten and a half? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bosa was Bosa yeah. was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So yeah. I, you know, he, he had an unbelievable year and had ten and a half. I think that's about fair, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could no, see I think that's you a, could fair. See yeah, him get and I had to think about it. I, mm-hmm. I would, yeah, it won't won't surprise me if it goes over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only thing I I think could hurt Garrett's sack total is is Cleveland's offense. If they're behind in a lot of games and teams yeah. teams aren't doing seven step drops against yeah. him, he's not going to get as many chances. What about? Todd, what about defenders that just will have an immediate impact, but we're not going to see it in the sack totals? I'll throw out one. DeAndre Levy's gone in Detroit. Jared Davis might play 1,000 snaps next year if he's healthy. Yeah, I think that's that's the plan. Yeah. and uh, You know, the only question on him was the durability, and mm-hmm. they were comfortable with it, and he I, he went right in that range that we expected him to go. Uh, I think Marlon Humphrey goes to an interesting situation. They need cornerback help. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get a chance to play right away. I Still think he struggles locating the ball, and and you know he's he's got to improve in that area. But otherwise, he's great in run support. He can be physical. He does a lot of different things in terms of what he can handle coverage wise. Uh, but I, I think that that could be an interesting spot. And I I really like Hassan Reddick and what he can be in that defense and the way that they move guys around. Uh, you know, I think he has a chance to have a lot of success for an Arizona team that should be better than it was a year ago. Mel, Todd mentioned Humphrey. It seems like every year we're talking about rookie corners that come in and just flat-out struggle. Yep. I'm wondering who you think can play right away. I'll throw out How about Atlanta, too. Tredavious Sorry. White. Sorry, I just I, I should have answered this. Tack McKinley. Yeah. With what they have, the young can speed rotate and the aggressive approach, the rotation he could be in, he could have a, 
a nice impact. He, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, ten plus sacks, but he could have a nice impact on that defense. You know, I I think he fits exactly what they wanted. They made a move to go get him and too. He, he was feel, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mel. What about going back to that? What about the corners? I'll, I'll throw out Tre'Davious White. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he won't struggle at all, but he was a four year starter, so he's just seen a lot and. They got to plug him in. Gilmore's in New England. You know they have Ronald Darby. I mean, is is he the guy you think maybe could handle that, or is it somebody else? And the cornerbacks have had a rough time. You go yeah. back there. That is a risky proposition. I think it's the second hardest position to play in the sport outside of quarterback. quarterback. I really believe that. Brutal. I mean, some of these corners are coming in majorly disappointed from what they were supposed to do. Is it just because some of them are playing just the system they're in in college, they're where they're playing off, and then suddenly... I just think it's... It, it's Instead of three times a year facing pro talent, it's every yeah. single week. You And, and the posi- I go back to the position. I studied these guys on tape, and and they're in perfect position. They do everything right, but they don't. They get their hand up a split second late. Yeah. And that now you give up six points. A, a, a Dory Jackson's a perfect example. He had an awesome game. Against Washington, and there's the one play. awesome game against two interceptions. Ross, yeah. One he peeled <laughs> off of his guy and went and read the quarterback and, and jumped it, and he made a bunch of plays in that game. And he leaves the one time he gets his ankles broken. That's the only thing you remember. Yep. Yeah. So, it, and on TV too, you don't always get the story. It's tough to evaluate. It's well, it's impossible to really evaluate, but. When do you notice? It's like a referee. When do you notice a cornerback? Yeah. And so we say, oh, these these corners were terrible this year. Well, sometimes they're doing a lot of good things, but they gave up one or two plays that you actually saw on TV, so you think that they're getting picked on. And they're grabby, too. These corners in college do get really grabby because they're allowed to. Yeah, they're doing things. They get away with it. If the ball's not in the air, you get away with it. Do whatever you want. Yep. And that's why in college you can't play that way in the NFL. And these college corners, they come in and they are just lost. They try to not do things. It's like a habit. You can't break that habit. And that's a tough thing to ask a college kid to do and say, after you've been doing it this way all this time, now, in addition, as you said, Todd, now you're going to go up against this guy who's going to be, you know, you know, selling insurance. Right. Okay? Now you're going up a guy that's going to be actually doing something yeah. on the football field. I mean, they're looking for other occupations, a lot of these guys in college. They're the guys you're covering. They're not playing football. Right. So you're, you're, I'm, you're coming in Mr. Confidence here thinking, I got it. I got it made. And you find out, boy, and then it's like the shortstop who boots a ball. How do you bounce back from the boot of the right. ball? Well, you know, they, how do you bounce back from the error? And these kids mentally, they didn't have to deal with it. They had 100 plays. You mentioned all one play. What's one play mean in a college game? Yeah. Nothing. Well, in an NFL it, game, it means it, a lot. It's it interesting, too, because uh, I just go for the last two seasons. The rookie corners that seem like they've gotten a lot of good press are Marcus Peters because of all the picks. And then last year, obviously, Jalen Ramsey did well. But you could roll 10, 15 plays oh, each where they got man. completely toasted yeah. last year. But they were just do they were making enough plays to mm-hmm. kind of balance it out. But generally speaking, man, that position is tough. Two areas of emphasis I know teams in the NFL evaluating cornerbacks are intelligence and as you alluded to, mental toughness. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time digging on those things because if you look around the NFL, a, a high percentage of the really good corners are smart, football smart, really mm-hmm. football smart, and also. So that they basically they're using their instincts and their recognition skills and what they've watched on tape to fill the the void of hand checking and being able to to do some of the grabby stuff and then the, the ability to bounce back from mistakes. Yeah, it's unbelievable too because you mentioned 
um, Adoree Jackson in that game against Washington, which is, you know, a big national TV game. Everybody saw it and everybody saw it. You know, he was amazing, but he got one play where he was essentially 20 yards behind. You know, the funny thing is, is we just talked about John Ross as John Ross is like this devastating college player who literally didn't face a single corner who was as good of an athlete as he was the entire year. And we just talked about him as like a complimentary piece on the Bengals. Right, right. Like that's the jump to the NFL to these wide receivers. Yeah, I think the physicality of the NFL, and you go back to the game against Alabama, Washington was in that game. Yeah. And he got a little screen pass, and he got into a little traffic there, and he fumbled the ball away. Yeah. Uh, you know, the physicality of the NFL against somebody who's not that big and has had injury issues, how do they deal with that? How does he deal with that? How do the Bengals utilize him? Yeah, they need him because they were a different team without Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu. And Eifert's injured and the running back's banged up. So all of a sudden now the Bengals need weapons, and he's a key guy. And that's, like, that's why Marvin Lewis said, hey, and Todd, you mentioned it, which was a great point. The receivers flew off the board. The Bengals probably sat there and said, okay, we got the fastest guy in the draft. It's a need. Let's take this guy. And they did, and we'll see if he – I hope he stays on the field for 16 games. And you hope all yeah. these guys do because you don't want injuries to bother them once they get into college. And just because a guy did have injuries doesn't automatically mean no. he's going to be injured in the NFL. I've seen a lot of guys that came in with injury issues, had none, and a lot of guys were clean coming in. Bang, August, they're out. So football is one of those sports where I think there's too much concern with that. Uh, and I think I, and I do think the teams that drafted those injured players, they're coming back. The medical technology is going to bring these guys back sometimes bigger, faster than ever, and they're doing a great. And Jake Butt, Sidney Jones, all those guys that I had injuries. I couldn't believe Butt fell that far, just based uh, off. I mean, you go from the second to the know, fifth. I had some people when I was talking about Jake Butt. They were saying, "Still, he won't loop. He won't get past the second or early to mid third. He goes in the fifth. Yeah, I was shocked that he was. He on might the board be playing three. NFL football in September. Right. I know that's, but again, as you just pointed to, these guys come back like this all the time now. And they and and it was a great move. They moved back and got him. And they picked up an additional pick, which they used for Isaiah McKenzie, my guy out of Georgia. So Yeah, the way Elway talked about it, Denver they were tickled a, that he was there. They couldn't believe Denver it. Denver did a great job with that that one specific move. Really, their whole draft was good, but that yeah. one specific move to get McKenzie and Jake Butt at that at that point in the draft, really good job. So I, I actually wanted to mention this was going to be the next one I brought up, tight end. We talked about this as a great tight end class, so good that Jake Butt was there well into day three, shockingly. But I'll tell you what, tight end, again, I don't know, it's not quarterback and it's not cornerback, but I think that transition is hard, and I'm just, you guys you guys are the experts here. I tend to think that it's because it, there's a lot of chemistry there. There's a lot of, you know, option routes and knowing, you know, and working with a quarterback for a long time. You know, it's the Rivers and Gates thing. Mm-hmm. It's the Romo and Witten thing. It's just these relationships where you just have an idea of where your guy's going to be, whether he's going to keep the route going or settle down in space. And so I just wonder, as you look at some of these guys, I'll throw this out there. I don't even think it's completely crazy that Jake Butt could have as many catches as any of these other guys if he is healthy, just because he really knows how to play the position. But starting in round one, we had O.J. Howard at 19 to Tampa. Evan Ingram uh, rose just as you guys thought he would after running the 4-4-2 at 234. He goes to Eli and the Giants. And then you had David Njoku go at 29 to the Cleveland Browns. Just starting with those three, who do you think probably I think, I think gets o- off to the best start? OJ, OJ and Evan. OJ, OJ Howard and Evan Ingram, I think, will, will be the two because of their circumstance. I, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with Evan Ingram as a rookie just because of the Eli factor. I, I, and, and Jameis, I think, is going to utilize OJ as well. But 
I just get the sense that they're in, what is it, multiple uh, three receiver sets more than any team in the NFL last year. They want, to, they want to get a guy who's a matchup piece like that. Speaking of the Giants, how do you cover Odell Beckham, right. Sterling Shepard, yep. Brandon Marshall, and Evan Ingram? Yeah. So <laughs> Good I, luck. Now we're in four receiver sets with some versatility. They're Eli-proofing their offense. Yes. And I was looking here. I was, I, the, the, a lot of these tight ends dropped a little further than you thought they would. Yeah. At least some of them yeah, did. Yeah, OJ, you, we, in early mocks, not calling you huh. out, you guys had him as high as four oh, or yeah. six, yeah. and he was there. Yeah, I mean, even the undrafted guys, think about – we talked about. I wonder if part of it was Cole Hickatini. Cole Hickatini oh, went ridiculous. to the San Francisco 49ers. I, I've been texting guys in the league, and the only thing I got back was you know, the, the 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 his workout numbers weren't nearly as good as what we were hoping for. But but surprised that he fell. Like I don't know against this tight end class. Maybe I don't know. I, Historically, I, I'm anxious to have anyone say that there was a medical yeah, or a character yeah. thing that I mean, we weren't yeah. aware of. Did you see someone in the tight? I mean, it's, yeah. it's like I don't know. I, I, we'll see how he plays. But he's got a chance with the San Francisco 49ers, and when he goes to camp, it's not going to say. Free agent. It's going to, he'll have a number. Nobody's going to care. Uh, Tyrone Swopes, the former quarterback of Texas, he's yep. going to be a tight end in Seattle and be developed. Blake Jarwin saw that he signed tight end out of out of Oklahoma State with the Dallas Cowboys. Billy Brown out of Shepard with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Darrell Daniels with the Indianapolis Colts out of the University of Washington. Uh, Jacob Hollister out of Wyoming with New England Patriots. A lot of tight ends, because these guys kept sliding, uh, you know, just ended up going undrafted. And I think some of those kids, particularly Hickatini, have a real good shot of making those football teams. All right, guys, we've hit round one. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to get into just a few sleepers, the guys that we think could be early impact players. Uh, we'll do that after the break. We're back, and I, I, we didn't get into the quarterbacks much in round one, but as we get through into sleepers here, I wanted to look in round two, Starting with the fact that, obviously, one of the big names to go off the board in round two, Deshaun Kaiser, Cleveland finally gets their quarterback. Though, as you guys have both said, we don't know if they got their quarterback. We just know they have a name, a toolsy, mm-hmm. talented guy whose tape was inconsistent is probably a compliment. Yeah. But it's not just about who you are. It's about where you go. The Dak Prescott rule for ever and ever amen. Guys, Deshaun Kaiser... Mel, do you think, I mean, I guess we could see round one, Trubisky, honestly, you know, they have Glenn, and they hope he doesn't have to play, probably, if they're getting better. Right. Same with the other guys. I mm-hmm. think, obviously, Deshaun Watson, you could see him in, in the mix to, to start in week one, just because of mm-hmm. the experience, mm-hmm. the big games. Mm-hmm. And, again, they moved up big to go get him. Is Deshaun Kaiser going to play football this year, you think? Can't say no, because you have, you know, one of what Osweiler is going to be. Hogan may be in line to start. Kessler uh, is down the line. Is he like Hogan and Osweiler over Kessler now to start? And then you got mm-hmm. Kaiser, who's, I said on draft, they're light years away. You watch him at Notre Dame. How can you think he's going to be able to read an NFL defense, make an accurate throw, go through progressions, and throw accurate strikes in the pocket with pressure coming away it does in the NFL, up the gut and from the outside, and all these sophisticated schemes and all these changes of personnel groups? How's he going to deal with all that? I, I it would be amazing to me if he was on the field. If he's on the field, they're going to be in line to get Sam Darnold, and it won't matter. And I, I, I brought up Jimmy Clausen. I failed on Jimmy Clausen. Bad evaluation. Carolina they took, failed they took on Jimmy Clausen. They, they took Cam Newton the next next year. So if you if they Kaiser doesn't show anything, which I, you don't expect him to, yeah. it'll be interesting if Cleveland does bottom out again and they're sitting there with a the top pick and then McShay's going to have Sam Darnold going number one in his mock draft coming out on Thursday, which we're all going to be we're that. all going to be anxiously awaiting Todd McShay's first round for two thousand eighteen. Forty freaking times today. <laughs> what 
when when my mock draft well, is coming I mean, out, you're anticipating it like America. He's going to re up as an insider. You're saying it's, it's the biggest hitch you get. Is I don't know. Sproud would know. Everybody, everybody <laughs> at dot com says. Sproud, does anything I do get more hits than one. that? Number uh, one. You know, you've both done very well, but that I'll get that gets you off to a good start. <laughs> All right. That's a big nut. All right, that's a, that's, <laughs> all right so get it going. I, I, don't, I, I, I didn't do it one year. I, I always got fired, Todd. basically. Hey, Todd, yeah, it's, 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 what's the question? Who the do question you think? is, do you think Sam Darnold will be number one on your mock draft? Yeah, he probably all right, will. All right, so if you're Cleveland the Cleveland Browns. Browns or, or Josh Allen from a quarterback, from Wyoming. A quarterback. Yes, okay. sir. So the Cleveland Browns, if they are the Jets. If Kaiser's the, playing. If Kaiser's playing, we'll see what happens. But no, Hey, the, hey big disclaimer right here. Todd doesn't pick the order. I'm just putting it out there. I actually and Todd pull, doesn't watch tape on these guys and has no idea. And underlined it. He doesn't uh, pick the order because that's the, the most controversial thing. Rolling in. I think okay. I'm going to make like the Patriots number Jeez. one just to really just have him fully All just Todd's get covered this. up. Take me home, Todd, who do you roads. think? Is Deshaun Watson a week one starter? Mm, good question. Finally got a good question. Yeah, that's uh, last you, stumped one. you stumped them, Sproul. Yeah. I'm going to say stumped no. Todd. It wouldn't shock me, but I'm going to say if I gunned ahead, no. But I think he'll. I mean, you're gonna just yell and scream. Well, of course, I've said a thing. I, I think <laughs> I'm quiet. I, th- I, I, I think it's he's a heavy favorite to start the most games of all the rookie quarterbacks. All right, the other rookie quarterbacks. It's really interesting because all these guys got drafted. Deshaun Watson was really the only one who got drafted. Where you thought, wow, he could be competing right away. Mahomes. No, they got Alex Smith. Mahomes is in the best situation best possible. Best situation. And, and Trubisky's in a pretty good one, too. Watson, we were under the second round. So, But here's the thing. Kaiser, but going on. Davis Webb. He regrets Davis that. Webb, good situation. <laughs> yep. C.J. Beathard, a surprise. But again, probably a pretty good situation. And, and let me just say this. I had a third-round grade on him coming into the year. Mm-hmm. He had no offensive line the protection. Yeah. And his receivers got injured, and he had no separation from his receivers. When now, George Kittle's your best weapon, you got problems. And, and he missed a handful of games. Yeah. Is he any different than Barkley and Hoyer? No. No. So you got another Barkley and Hoyer. Yeah. Now, the 49ers are anticipating. It was every, a third-round pick, but yeah. Everybody seems to think that Kirk Cousins somehow Hoyer was undrafted. Is Barkley end was up, fourth. Right. Yeah. But they're the same kind of quarterback physically. Agreed. Is the point. Uh, that they're going to end up with Kirk Cousins, which means... I don't think that's happening. Okay. Mel, what, what's, which, what, what's Washington, Washington going to do? What's that? What's yeah. Washington going to do? Trade up for Sam Darnold. <laughs> like, when do you think that that's going to happen? <laughs> well, I'm they just listening, I'm just listening to our insiders that think some way, how, some way. I'm not an for, insider. Are you talking for 2017 or... I'm talking for the next season, 2018. Yeah, okay. going in. This gotcha. season, no. Put it this way. No. He's saying by the time we're drafting right. quarterbacks right. this time be, next year. Yeah, they're not, they're, that's why they gave up the opportunity to get Mitch yeah. Trubisky. They're eyeing up Kirk Cousins. They drafted C.J. Beathard, who do you believe can be an effective starting quarterback in the NFL? I think he's going to be a really good backup. End of story. Yeah. The other, and the, obviously the other, a lot of these guys are in situations where they don't need to play. Webb. Davis Webb behind mm-hmm. Eli, obviously. Josh Dobbs behind uh, Big Ben, obviously. They fell. Brad Kaya right. behind Matthew Stafford. Again, not just behind guys, but right. behind guys that other than Big Ben who and pretty Peterman, much stay and on then the football Peterman field. Behind Ty I think Peterman Taylor. is the really interesting one because really Taylor. they just committed to Tyrod essentially for another year. Yep. At this time next year. And Peterman's the most NFL-ready, I think, of, of all of them. He just yeah. doesn't have the big, the big arm. Well, arms can get stronger. Yep, so we'll see. You're going to mention Drew Brees. The key is no. What's the key is not just you know magically yeah. your arm gets better. Big hands. The, the key is the big hand, 
Breeze had a big hand. The guys with the big hands tend to get a little bit better when their technique, football, all those things improve, and, and just the way and the NFL the is with and... coaching, exactly, the way they work with these guys off the field during the summer. So I think with the big hand, the size, the intellect, the football IQ, Nate Peterman's going to be the starting quarterback in, with Buffalo a lot sooner than some of these other guys will be. You heard it here first. Peterman is Brady. I didn't say that. All right, guys, let's let's Stop. move let's move Stop. down the board a little bit. Here, yeah, we got eight minutes left. Who else is going to play? I'm going to give you a list right Ready? away. Uh-oh, here I'm we go. give you a list. Here's Todd's going to start with starting with Kevin King or no? Seattle, no, it's, this is not going to be a Kuiper list. It's going to be quick. Seattle, Malik <laughs> McDowell. <laughs> 30, Malik, how much is he going to play? He's going to be snaps. in a row. He's going to have a Chris Jones Are you the like agent for Malik McDowell. Yes, I mean, she's yes. a whiz. Are you going to let me go through my list for a minute here? I let you you riff on on 43 undrafted tight ends for five minutes. (laughs) One of them, I'll be happy. (laughs) Malik McDowell, Seattle, rotation. I think Chris Jones, Kansas City, that's the type of impact he could have. I look at running back. Dalvin Cook. I know they have a back there in, uh, in Latavius Murray, but Cook brings explosiveness, and I think it's a perfect place for him. Tight end, Adam Shaheen. I know he's coming from Division Two. And he's still developing. That's Todd's his agent. But the Bears, the Bears need a tight end, and Mike Glennon will work it to him. Tyus Bowser for the Baltimore Ravens. Ding. Bing. Uh, I think he's going to have an impact for for the Ravens as an edge rusher. They got a bunch of front defensive front seven. The cornerbacks for Dallas: Chidobe Awuzie from from Chidobe. Colorado. You say that, but the no pronunciation guide says Cheetah. Well, I talked to Colorado. And all Jordan Lewis, Jordan Lewis, the corner from Michigan. They got both of those guys, second, third round, respectively. I think they're going to play a bunch. Uh, Deion Dawkins, the guard for the Buffalo Bills, will be a plug and play starter. Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints is a great fit in that offense. Play him fifteen, you know, fifteen twenty carries a game, some catches. And not that's I'm sorry. Maybe 15 touches a game combined is what I'm trying to wow. say. Okay. Taewon Taylor for Tennessee I mentioned earlier, and then two linebackers. Duke Riley for the Atlanta Falcons playing next to Deion Jones, and Alex Anzalone for the New Orleans Saints. Both guys bring speed and range to defenses that need, need more of that. <laughs> Goodbye. You forgot. It's been a good year. You Okay, I'll tell you two you overlooked. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I like Dal. I like Dalvin Tomlinson getting some run right away yeah, in New York. That was a little high. For, I I that was for a little high it was. He's he's a run stopper, but he, it's the fit. he cannot rush the quarterback. Yeah, it takes over for Hankins though with snacks. Okay. I like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's all. You said two. Oh, and, I and, and, and your one was a little bit of a reach. My one was a reach. <laughs> uh, who else did I have? Piper, what do you here? got? I got one. I'm going to throw out a name. I'm not going to go 16. I'm going to give you Jeremy McNichols, the like Tampa you. Bay, because he can run with the football. If, he, if ball security, Boise State running back. Former wide receiver. If it could bo- take over for a Boise State running back. Could. Very easily. They like Doug Martin. Yeah. Obviously, they the first round. He's got the suspension. We'll see if he can be McNichols in line to get some carries. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He got bigger physically. Got stronger. Ball security cannot be an issue. If it is, he'll be on the bench. So if he at least... Yes, becomes consistent. I think Jeremy McNichols in round five could be a good pick. And Kareem Hunt in round three to Kansas City. We know he's a downhill runner who can catch, and he could get some carries with the Chiefs. You know, I'll tell you a, a couple more names. Where did Joe Williams go? Like the fourth round, didn't they? No, but I'm saying the Niners. Who? Yeah, yeah, it was the Niners. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they moved up for him, right? Yeah, fourth round Niners. He he could have an impact too. Couple a couple other names I'll just throw out just because kind of want to bounce them off you. We talk about how corners tend to struggle. 
The corner situation in Indy is not exactly airtight. Quincy Wilson's one of the most competitive dudes out oh. there. You could see him stepping in right away. I could see at the end of the year where you thought Quincy Wilson had a better rookie year than Malik Hooker, who, you know, his obviously the ball skills are phenomenal, but the tackling issues are documented. Maybe that, maybe that could slow him down. Wilson's a hard one to evaluate. I I, I like Tabor better when I watch him. He's a better player. Wilson, to me, was up and down. Tackling was very erratic. He's young. He's got a lot of work to do. I'm not. He's got a lot of ability, too. He's got ability, but as a rookie, I think we're asking a lot of Quincy Wilson to have an impact in the NFL. I think we're. Mm -hmm. And I'm anxious to see what Tabor does because. We talked about this whole thing with Tabor, what a player he was, and then he tests poorly. What it, can, can he? I don't care about the scheme. He's still a four seven guy, four six five, four seven, but he's a heck of a player. And we haven't seen that. Time. They, they, name me, name me a corner since you've been doing this that ran four seven that has had success in the NFL. Oof. I mean, do you count? I mean, Joe I go, Hayden is successful. I guess he Joe didn't run that. that. He ran a four six. Yeah, and they got yeah. better. Then he got and better, then, and then he ran day. like yeah. a four five. Yeah, one this guy, this, a, a Tabor yeah. ran a four six five, then ran a four seven four. Right. So I mean, never I, happened. I mean, how can you go from that at a combine <laughs> to that at a pro day? When a pro day's that's it just tells you how good scenario. his tape is. Yeah. And and I think he goes to the right scheme where they right. are. Right. And I know scheme, but but he's going to be covered, protected. Vertically, a lot. Only cornerback in the history I can remember being four at four is Everson Walls that made it big, hmm. and he was a twelfth round pick when he had twelve rounds. At I believe yeah. Rice, and he came to Dallas, and he had a heck of a career with the Cowboys, and he was the only one that didn't have that. Well, kind that's of why. Speed that's that made why it no big. position is governed more by the stopwatch than the cornerback yeah. because you got to have you got to have speed. Guys, let's put a bow on this just with some deeper sleepers here, just in the sense that, as Mel said, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but. Undrafted doesn't quite really have the stigma it used to. I know it's been a while mm-hmm. now since we've been in the seven rounds, but we're only doing seven rounds because it's better allocation mm-hmm. for players. Mm-hmm. Agents can line them up with teams where they can actually play. You know, back when there was 12 rounds, there'd be a guy, he's stuck on a team, you have to wait to cut him. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is now, it's really common for 15 to 20% of any NFL team to be undrafted players. We saw it in the Super Bowl. Brian Poole. Mm-hmm. As a rookie, right mm-hmm. away, an undrafted player, as an impact player on a Super Bowl team for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it's normal in New England, especially at wide receiver, undrafted. Mel, you mentioned Cole Hickatini and about 25 tight ends. Is there any other undrafted free agent that you know stood out to you where you thought, this guy's going to be a good player? You know, I look at you know, Garrett Sickles, a defensive end coming out of Penn State with Indy, uh, who put up some numbers, got some pass rush ability. I think Ashton Lampkin, a cornerback out of Oak State, going to Kansas City, uh, would certainly have a chance. I think when you look at Aviante Collins, an offensive tackle who's still raw but tested that was great, weird. I go- thought he would be going to the Minnesota too. Vikings, who obviously can use him and maybe yeah. get something out of him. Traven Doral looked frustrated at LSU because the quarterbacks couldn't get involved. Doesn't test great, but Traven Doral staying at home, going to New Orleans the way he did. Thomas Spurbeck is a kid I liked at Boise. Now they brought in. Uh, McNichols in the mm-hmm. fifth round. They also brought in Thomas Spurbeck. And kid can get open. He's got savvy. He catches the ball. I don't see much difference between Spurback. I would, Spurback is a free agent or Switzer in the fourth round. Only thing is, Switzer's a punter mm-hmm. returner. But Spurback to me can be a guy who makes a football team, whether it's in Tampa Bay or somewhere else. I'd keep an eye on him. And then I think when you look down the line, Nate Feeker. Where did Lorenzo James go? He just went. He went. I uh, just wrote his Jerome, name down. Lorenzo Jerome, he went to San Francisco. Lorenzo Jerome out of St. Francis in PA, who had two picks and two All Star games, a total of four in a big career. He ended up going to the 
49ers. That's like an extra sixth, seventh round pick. Yeah, I had him in. I had him in the fourth. If you look at the 49ers draft and you factor in Jerome, KD Cannon, undrafted free agent out of of Baylor. Baylor. KD Cannon, Jimmy Gilbert out of Colorado, but particularly Jerome Magnuson out of Michigan, Hickatini. Okay, I think I'd say Hickatini and Lorenzo Jerome are like a, an extra sixth and seventh round pick. So when's the next podcast? Well, January? Todd, Todd, you got you're not going to throw one in here. I just did Lorenzo okay. Jerome. Okay, and it's we're we're up. Well, it's, hold been, on. A, it's been a fun run. Hold on, I, I will say this: Geez, uh, you ready to leave? You know the uh, the big one that you yeah, guys have, did, I mean, we have the, to. The big one you didn't mention is the Pac-12's all-time pass-catching leader, Gabe Marks, who went to the Jets. Yes, Washington State Cougar, Gabe Marks. Good, yep. good quarterback situation there. I, I've, I'm sure he'll thrive right away. It's been guys, fun. This, this podcast thing's a lot more fun when we're all in the same place. The last few have been. Like well, we finished strong. Well, well you're, saying, you're saying 90% of the year we're not up. having fun then. Mel's relocating to and Bristol. You're saying 90% of the year we're not having fun because we're never in the same place. Well, we need, as, as, we need, Mel, we need Mel, Mel on the screen as much so fun. we can see it's when yeah, he's... Skype. Is there something called Skype? Yeah. Yeah, we could do There's that. something called Skype. There is something called Skype. <laughs> uh, that, that's been pretty fun. You know, the most important thing is that... Let me go look at my golf clubs for a minute. Todd McShay has his... 2018 mock draft on Thursday. I'll, t- I'll give him it. this. He's he's done pretty well. I think last year we counted about 20 of the guys went in the first round, maybe 15. No, it was, it was like 16 and then four. That's not bad. Four were. Some of them went back. Four went back to Like school. McGlinchey, Notre Dame, some of the guys like that. 23 on my 25 on a big then, board went in the draft, too. First big board. First big board and next week. The first big board from Mel next week. is after Two that. Yeah, so week after Todd. We, get, we punch the clock right away again here. What's the song we should be playing right now? Dumbest Ever. What should be it? Little John Denver, take, take, me, home. take me home, country, <laughs> country roads. Road. That's right. Right, Todd? If only we could play Amen, songs on brother. podcast. Uh, for Chris Sproul, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, next year we'll have the newly enhanced version where we have this new thing called Skype. And Gel Mel. And Gel Mel. Gel. Mel Gel. Yeah. And um, Mel Gel. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's first draft for this year. Uh, we'll do it again uh, next year. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.